0: On Tuesdays, of course, we check in uh, with our Mobility Makers segment. This one is actually pretty personal and is one of those topics that isn't quite so um, high altitude because it's something that has affected all of us because all of us have had our lives affected at some time by a drunk driving death. But this is brought to you by Bridgestone. Getting people down the road matters, but getting generations down them, that's what really matters. Bridgestone, visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. It is uh, the season of joy. It is the season of giving. It's also the season of drunk driving, Uh, too many people going to holiday parties, then getting behind the wheel and putting all of us and our loved ones at risk. And no one knows this better uh, than uh, one of our next guests who lost her sister, her brother-in-law and their children, Ali, Isabella and Gazelle, to a drunk driver. It was about five years ago and the uh, Abbas family tragedy Uh, ignited a fire under our friend and Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, who passed bipartisan legislation to finally address this through technology in our vehicles to try to prevent drunks from being able to start their cars and put us all at risk. Rana Abbas-Taylor, who is an advocate now for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Uh, Stephanie Manning, Chief Government Affairs Officer for MAD, also joining us here. But NHTSA is on the job and is asking all of us for input. Uh, Ms. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us this morning.
1: Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure.
0: Just give me uh, your sense of both relief and encouragement that the federal government is in a new phase here and is actually has begun the rulemaking progress. What uh, process? What do you hope to see?
1: Yes, it's actually quite incredible. You know, the HALT Act um, was uh, signed into law two years ago, and um, since then, We have been working very hard behind the scenes to make sure that we push forward the rulemaking and make sure that it's implemented. (laughs) And this historic um, uh, first step in the implementation process really is exciting for us because what it tells us is now we are very much on the pathway to getting this technology in vehicles and getting safe vehicles on the road so that we aren't risking the loss of over 10,000 lives every year, like the loss of my family. Um, so it's a huge step, and we're really looking forward um, to what comes next.
0: What do you say to those who say, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a drinker at all, I don't drink, and so I don't want something like that uh, in my car, and I think it may infringe on on my rights?
1: Sure. Um, Well, first, this is passive technology. I think that's something that um, folks uh, should definitely be aware of. So it's technology that you should not even notice um, is obtrusive in any way or impedes on a driver's ability to drive their vehicle unless they are impaired in any way and the vehicle picks up on that and detects on that. But also what I say to those people is My sister was a physician, Mm -hmm. her husband an attorney. They were two parents that were actively engaged in the lives of their children and in the community, and they were safety first. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I will say to folks is, Well, you can do everything you can to protect yourself and your family on the road, but you cannot possibly control other drivers on the road. And that's what this is for. It's to protect your family against other drivers on the road who may be impaired or may be distracted or may have a medical emergency. And that's why this is huge.
2: Uh, my question is for Stephanie. I mean, we're already used to some technology in our cars. You know, the lane, when we kind of shift into the lane, it starts to beep. And in this press release, uh, sometimes our cars slow us down to prevent further injuries and crashes. So, Stephanie, do you think people would just not even notice it? How would the technology really work? Yeah, hi. Um, so, you know, the the rulemaking process is to determine what type of technology Uh, should be on all new cars to prevent uh, illegal impaired driving. And so we don't know exactly which type of technology that the federal government will require or what kind of standard will be created. But what we do know is there's hundreds of different types of tech out there for the Department of Transportation to evaluate. And that could range from driver monitoring to alcohol detection to a combination of both. And really it's about the car detecting illegal impairment as a first step, and then second, what does the car do once it determines that it, that illegal impairment? So uh, again, there are hundreds of types of technologies, but as Renna said, the bottom line is, to a sober driver, you know nothing will be different about driving your car. You will get in just as you do today, and you don't have to take any action at all. You just get in and drive. If the car detects impairment, That's when the car will either not allow you to drive if you're at .08 or above, and if you're drinking or smoking a joint uh, as you're driving or popping pills and the car can clearly find out, you know, figure out that you should not be on the road because you're putting others at risk, the car can actually take some sort of action, slow down and pull over safely to the side of the road because it realizes you are not fit to drive. And that's what's so exciting.
0: I've seen technology that will that will read your eyes to tell whether or not you're drowsy, whether you're not focused. Uh, some, th- th- there will be items in the steering wheel that will detect blood alcohol from the sweat in your palms um, okay. that may d- even be able to pick it up on your breath. The problem that I'm hearing, even from those that rabidly say we can't tolerate this any longer, is what happens to me if technology fails and there's a false positive? Well, now... I'm stranded on the side of the road, which could be not only inconvenient, but dangerous for me.
2: So I'll take that one, uh, Rena, unless you want to go ahead. No, go ahead, Stephanie.
0: That was directed at you really anyway.
2: Okay, okay. Okay. So we can't afford to have things like that happen. You know, Public acceptance is a huge part of this, mm-hmm. and that's what the rulemaking process is for. This isn't going to happen until really NHTSA, the Department of Transportation, the auto industry, advocates, all of us can come together and agree on a a pathway forward. But the bottom line is we know that it can happen. The auto industry is testing, you know, auto autos without steering wheels on open roads. Uh, And, you know, it's incredible what the industry is able to do with thousands of engineers who are some of the brightest people in the world. And it's amazing. There's a technological revolution happening right now in the industry. We are really excited to see how this problem can be solved. And we know it can be done without the false positives. So maybe you set the BAC. And and this is controversial for me to say, as somebody who represents victims and survivors, Mm -hmm. I've been working in this field for 25 years. I've worked with thousands of victims and survivors who've lost family members, just like Rena, And you know, but if you've got to set the BAC slightly higher so you get rid of the 0.078s, by the way, those people are impaired as well, mm-hmm. but you can set the tech at a, at a, you know, in a place where you get rid of those false positives. So maybe we don't save 10,000 lives a year. We save 8,000 lives a year. You know, Okay, that's fine. Let's start there. But let's not let perfect be the enemy of the mm-hmm. good. Let's start saving lives now. Uh, Renna, I think your family would certainly be proud. You said that they always wanted to protect their children and do things safely, and there are families out there listening that
1: feel the same. Oh, absolutely. Um, as I said, my sister, Remo, was a physician, and she went into the field because she was a healer, um, and she believed in saving lives. And this is just um, hopefully my way to do some good and to do so um, in their legacy
0: and stephanie just a a question for you um there are laws that have gone up in texas uh also i believe in tennessee and in kentucky that uh requires a convicted drunk driver to pay child support if they kill a parent or a guardian would you like to see more of those laws uh, across the country
2: absolutely uh those uh that movement was started by a woman named cecilia williams Uh, Named after um, Bentley, her grandson, when her son was killed, and she had to uh, actually have you know take custody of her grandson's. And yeah, I mean, listen, when when someone makes the illegal decision to get behind the wheel, they have no idea how many people that impacts and the lives that it changes forever. And we want people to think when they're hearing about these new laws. Maybe I need to get a ride home or plan for a designated driver or take uber or lyft whatever it takes but don't make that decision to get behind the wheel and and kill or injure yeah. someone else there's so a- many
0: more options now yeah. that's yeah. the crazy so thing So
2: available exactly
0: yeah i we you know we really turned the corner i think with harsher punishment about 20 years ago but uh, as you know in this release drunk di- driving deaths have increased 35 percent over the last decade two years in a row, exceeding 13,000 deaths for the first time since 2007. For whatever reason, uh, the message no longer gets through, and all those options are not being utilized. Uh, Ron, I just can imagine that this is a difficult time. The holidays always are, but we appreciate you coming on, and this is a great legacy for your family that we lost so tragically, and the fact that a local family... Might be the ones to finally change the conversation is a wonderful thing. Thank you for your advocacy, and Stephanie, same to you. Thanks for being on this and and for uh, for helping shepherd this through. Thank
1: you. Thank so much. you so much for having us.
0: And you too can sound off to NHTSA about how you feel about this, your support, what technologies you feel would work best, and you can do that through the uh, through the Nitsa website. Uh, When we come back, uh, we know it has been uh, a fraught process on Capitol Hill. The Senate delaying their holiday break, hoping for a breakthrough in Ukraine funding and border security. How close are they to a deal? We'll get an update at 649 on J.R. Morning.